I want to encourage you to grab your copy of God's Word this morning. Join me in the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 24 is where we'll spend our time together this morning as we look at a message entitled, Wait. How many of you enjoy waiting? Sometimes it's tough on Christmas Eve for the kiddos coming into the service having to wait until Christmas Day, but all of us experience that. I mean, none of us like to wait. You don't want to wait when you go to Walmart and you have to stand in a line to be checked out. You don't enjoy waiting on that. And I'm just being honest, I'm not checking myself out at Walmart. But if you think about waiting, you don't want to wait in traffic I mean, how many of you, just being completely honest, if traffic begins to slow down in your mind, you think, I am Mario Andretti, and I can figure out how to weave in and out of traffic and get where I need to go much quicker than just waiting. And I mean, heaven forbid you go to Disney World, and you have to wait in line for a ride that you paid $7,000 to go to. I mean, none of us enjoy waiting. You know, it's interesting. This is always a fun Sunday because it's the Sunday before the start of the new year. And in years past, as we've come to this Sunday, typically at North River, we're working through books of the Bible. And so next Sunday, January 2nd, we're going to dive into the book of Genesis. So I want to encourage you uh, to be prepared as we do that, as we look at the origin story, as we look at the beginning. And uh, But this Sunday is always fun because I get the opportunity to to really look and to see from God's Word an opportunity for me just to share from my heart and as we're heading into 2022 to focus in on a word that I think, at least for me, I know will be helpful as we enter in to this new year. Last year at the end of 2020, this time of year, we looked at the word rest what it means for us to truly rest in the Lord. And coming off of 2020, it was crazy. And we needed to hear that word. But here's the word for this year, at least for me, and I hope for us as a church family, the word wait. What does it look like for you and for me to wait on the Lord? To desire to hear from God, but to be willing to wait on Him to speak. To be willing to spend time in His Word together. And so as we enter into 2022, my hope and my prayer for us is that this would be a word that we would grab hold of, not only individually, but as a church family, that our desire would be to hear from the Lord. And we would be willing to wait, as we're going to see in the text this morning, Moses was willing to wait to hear from the Lord. So as we prepare to dive in to Exodus 24, let's have just a little bit of fun Here's the thing. People who study this tell us that for all of us in our lifetime that we spend six months of our life waiting. Six months. Some of you are thinking, I need my time back. Six months waiting, we spend 43 days of our lives on hold on the phone. 43 days. 
women. You're like, watch it, pastor. (laughs) Women spend in a lifetime an average of 136 days getting ready. 136 days. Men, we spend 46 days. 136 and 46. That's 90 days that we wait in our lives, men, for our wives to get ready. Waiting. Just waiting. And we're going to see in the text that word appear several times in Exodus chapter 24. And so I want to read the text for us. And then as we do each week, walk back through it together and ask the Lord to speak to us as he promises to do through his word. This is what's recorded in Exodus chapter 24, beginning in verse 1. Then he said to Moses, Come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel, and worship from afar. Moses alone shall come near to the Lord, but the others shall not come near, and the people shall not come up with him. Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the rules. And all the people answered with one voice and said, All the words that the Lord has spoken we will do. And Moses wrote down all the words of the Lord. And he rose early in the morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and twelve pillars according to the twelve tribes of Israel. And he sent young men of the people of Israel who offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen to the Lord. And Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins, and half of the blood he threw against the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it in the hearing of the people. And they said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do and we will be obedient. And Moses took the blood and threw it on the people and said, Behold the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. Then Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu and 70 of the elders of Israel went up and they saw the God of Israel. There was under his feet, as it were, a pavement of sapphire stone like the very heaven for clearness. And he did not lay his hand on the chief men of the people of Israel. They beheld God and ate and drank. The Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and wait there, that I may give you the tablets of stone with the law and the commandment, which I have written for their instruction. So Moses rose with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up into the mountain of God, and he said to the elders, wait here for us until we return to you. And behold, Aaron and Hur are with you. Whoever has a dispute, let him go to them. Then Moses went up on the mountain, and the cloud covered the mountain. The glory of the Lord dwelt on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six Days, And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain 40 days 
and 40 nights. Father, we ask this morning that you would open our eyes that we would be able to see. You would open our ears that we would be able to hear. And that you would open our hearts and our minds that we would be ready to respond to your word and to your spirit. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. If you're taking notes this morning, I want you to write down this main idea that will frame our time together in Exodus chapter 24, and it's this truth, one of the most transformative disciplines that we can cultivate in the Christian life is learning to wait on the Lord. One of the most transformative disciplines that you and I can cultivate, can learn in the Christian life is to wait on the Lord. I don't know about you, I don't do a very good job waiting. I don't enjoy waiting, it doesn't thrill me, and yet we see in the text and we see throughout the scriptures that oftentimes God's people are called to wait on Him. To wait on Him to speak, to wait on Him to move, to wait on Him to do what He desires to do in His timeline and according to His purpose. And so as we begin to look at Exodus chapter 24, I want us to take note that that is what we see on display here, that Moses is waiting on the Lord to speak. Now, I want to catch us up to speed on where we are jumping in here at Exodus chapter 24. And so I told the first service, I said, give me two and a half minutes. And I want us to walk through Exodus chapter 1 through 23, okay? Can you do that with me? It took about three and a half, but we were close, all right? So I want you to listen quickly, and I'll try to speak as quickly as I can. But here's what's going on to bring us to where we are in Exodus chapter 24. At the end of the book of Genesis, God had shown himself in an incredible way for his people, providing safety for them and security for them. And Egypt had taken and brought in Joseph, who was able to reign over the people alongside Pharaoh and provide for God's people there in Egypt. And so entering into Exodus chapter 1, the people of Israel had grown into a number of people. The Jewish people had thrived in Egypt, so much so that Pharaoh had decided this is not good. In fact, these people are growing so populous. In fact, they could actually take over Egypt, and we can't have that. So Pharaoh had hatched a plan that he would just simply begin murdering all of the children of Jewish families. And so he had set about that task, and it's at that point in time that Moses is born. And the Lord provides a way for Moses to not be murdered but in fact to be raised up in Pharaoh's house. And so Moses is raised up and Moses begins to recognize what's going on to his people that are spread throughout Egypt. And one day he witnesses as an Egyptian begins to whip and to beat a slave who's a Jewish person there. And Moses, it says, rises up and actually strikes down this Egyptian. And then he buries the body and takes off and leaves Egypt. He finds himself in the land of Midian. And it's at that point we see in Exodus that the Lord speaks to Moses in a burning bush. 
And the Lord says to Moses, Moses, I've got a plan and a purpose for you. I'm going to use you to go back to Egypt where you're a wanted man and to lead my people out of Egypt, to lead them into the promised land that I have given to them. And Moses, of course, protests and says, God, I am not equipped to do this. I don't speak very well. And God says, it's not about you anyway. I'm going to show up and it's going to happen. And so Moses ventures back into Egypt and shows back up at Pharaoh's doorstep and says, the Lord God, the one true God says, let my people go. Let my people out of slavery, out of Egypt, let them journey in to the promised land so that they can worship me in freedom. And Pharaoh, of course, says, no, that's not going to happen. I'm not going to let my slave labor force leave. And so they began to journey back and forth of how this is actually going to play out. And the Lord says to Moses, I'm going to send plagues to the land of Egypt and show myself real. Pharaoh is going to harden his heart and he's going to choose not to let the people go. But I'm still going to show that I am the one true God. And so we see plague after plague after plague culminating in the final plague where the firstborn of all of Egypt who do not have the blood smeared on the doorpost of their homes dies in the night. And it's at that point in time that the Lord reminds his people that he has provided for them a way to be saved and it will be through the blood of sacrifice. Now, of course, we know this Christmas season that that foreshadows points to Jesus Christ, the baby in a manger who grew up and lived a sinless life and took your sin and my sin upon himself on the cross. His shed blood makes it possible for us to be forgiven of our sins. We see that picture there in the book of Exodus foreshadowing the Christ who was to come, the baby we celebrated yesterday born in a manger in Bethlehem. It's at that point in time that Pharaoh, after losing his own child, says, leave. Take the people and go. And that's exactly what Moses does. The people of Israel, they leave. They take off into the wilderness. And it's at that point in time, Pharaoh changes his mind and says, nope, we've got to go after them and bring them back. And the Lord provides a way of escape as he parts the Red Sea and God's people journey through it on dry land and as the Egyptian army begins to come through they are drowned as the waters come back and crash around them and then on the back end of that Moses sings a song of praise to the Lord thanking God for what he's done and God shows himself real and providing food and manna for the people to eat and then provides water for them to be able to drink and the Lord calls to Moses in Exodus chapter 20 and says beginning in chapter 20 and going through chapter 23 Moses this is who I am this is how I will be worshiped this is what is required of the people who are going to follow me in obedience. This is what you need to remind them and to tell them and to share with them. If they're going to follow me, this is what they need to do. And then we come to chapter 24. So that may have been four minutes. But let's look, beginning in verse 1 of chapter 24. Then he, that's the Lord, said to Moses, come up to the Lord you and Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel, and worship from afar. Moses alone shall come near to the Lord, but the others shall not come near. 
and the people shall not come up with him. So Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the rules. And notice, all the people answered with one voice and said, in verse 3, all the words that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses wrote down all the words of the Lord. And he rose early in the morning. He built an altar at the foot of the mountain, that's Mount Sinai, and 12 pillars according to the 12 tribes of Israel. It says he sent young men of the people of Israel to offer burnt sacrifices. And it says he took the blood. And he put some in basins and he sprinkled some on the altar and then eventually sprinkled it on the people and said, reminded them that it is God's covenant with them. And the people said in verse 7, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. We will be obedient. Moses threw the blood on the people Behold the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. And then Moses and Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, 70 of the elders of Israel, leave the people. They went up close to the mountain. They saw the God of Israel, and there was under his feet, as it were, a pavement of sapphire stone, like the very heaven for clearness. And it says in verse 11 that he did not lay his hand on the chief men of the people of Israel. The scriptures tell us no one can see the Lord and live. And at this point, they see just a glimpse of the glory of the Lord. And then we find ourselves at verse 12. If you're taking notes, I want you to write down this first truth that we're going to unpack as we look at verses 12 through 14. If we're going to grow in Christ likeness in 2022, we must combat the idol of busyness. If we're going to wait on the Lord, if we're going to desire to hear from him, we must combat the idol of busyness. Notice verse 12, the Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and, what's that next word? Wait there, that I may give you the tablets of stone with the law and the commandment which I have written for their instruction. So Moses rose with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up into the mountain of God. Notice verse 14, he said to the elders, wait here for us until we return to you, and behold, Aaron and her are with you. Whoever has a dispute, let him go to them. So let me paint this picture for you. Moses, at this point in time, is leading, scholars say, at least hundreds of thousands of people in the children of Israel, possibly even up to a million people that Moses is responsible for. And the Lord says to Moses, Moses, it's time for you and I to meet up on the mountain, which means by default, Moses has to leave the people. Moses had spent time already trying to take care of the people's needs, trying to settle matters of dispute that they would have and had found himself exhausted. Moses' father-in-law had come to him earlier in Exodus and said, hey, listen, you need to raise up some other people who can help you carry the load. 
But you got to know at this point in time, Moses is busy. He's got a lot of stuff to do. I can imagine that his calendar is absolutely slammed full of tasks, responsibilities, decisions that have to be made, things that have to be done. And if you and I are honest, December is probably the worst month for us when it comes to being busy. I mean, we have everything that we have to do, right? I mean, we've got presents to buy and family to visit with and we've got parties that we've got to attend and we've got to decorate and we've got to bake and we've got to cook. And we think sometimes maybe it's just going to get better, but have you noticed that things keep getting busier? I mean, our entire lives are busy. And yet the Lord says to Moses, I want to speak to you. I want to commune with you up on this mountain. And by default, Moses, you have to move away from the busyness of what you have to do to wait and commune with the Lord. Imagine with me a moment if Moses had said, Lord, I hear you. Let me get my day planner out. I have about 15 minutes on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Can you work it into that schedule? But isn't that oftentimes as we approach our relationship with the Lord where we just, ah, we just kind of got to try to squeeze it in and get it done. And yet, Moses, who's leading all of these people, presses pause in the midst of this moment steps away from the busyness of what he has to do on his task list so that he can sit before the Lord. What if it looked like that in our lives? As we think about our lives in 2022, as we think about waiting on the Lord, as we think about all of the things that we have on our schedules to do, what if? We decided all of those may be good things, but the most important thing for me is to carve out time where I can wait on the Lord to hear from Him. So that I can hear from Him, from His Word. So that I can set the moments aside in my life over 2022 and make sure that I'm putting myself in a position where all of the busyness that surrounds me is set on the sidelines for a bit so that I can spend time daily hearing from the Lord. And let's think about it on a weekly basis. We've got a lot of things going on, but what if we press pause once a week? So that we gather together as we do here on Sunday mornings and worship the Lord together. Moses steps away from the busyness of life so that he can do what's most important and that is spend time with the Lord. And he says, if you notice there at the end, there's other people that can handle that. You ever noticed sometimes when you look at your to-do list and you don't get one thing done on your to-do list, usually it really doesn't matter. You ever notice that? Usually it's really not that important. In fact, we cram our thing, our lives with things to do. We're so busy when in fact there's probably a lot of things that if we just simply said no, I don't know if you know the word no is a complete sentence. We just say no to some things in our lives 
so that we can focus in on the things that are most important. Moses is saying no to the busyness of doing all that he has to do with the people of Israel at this point so that he can spend time with the Lord. I want you to notice verses 15 and 16, this second truth. If we're going to grow in Christ-likeness in 2022, we must combat the idol of efficiency. You say, hang on just a second. I thought it's good to be efficient. And it can be. It can be really good to efficiently accomplish tasks, things that you have to do. But here's what we often find in Scripture. God is not very efficient when it comes to the timeline we have in our own lives. God is incredibly efficient when it's on His timetable. But when we try to put God on our timetable and say, all right, I got, got to get this done. Notice what happens in verse 15. Moses went up on the mountain. The cloud covered the mountain. That's the presence of the Lord. The glory of the Lord dwelt on Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Did you catch that? A couple of years ago, I was reading through the Bible, and I came to those verses. And I read through them the first time, and it didn't really click. And I read through them again, and and it still really didn't click. And then I read through them again, and I thought, is that saying what it's saying? Is that really what is going on? Because if you notice what happened, Moses goes up on the mountain... The glory of the Lord covers it for six days while Moses is up on the mountain. And then on day seven, the Lord speaks. Six days. I thought for just an experiment that maybe this morning I would simply stop talking for six minutes and just stand here and look at you. I'm not going to do that. But wouldn't it be awkward? I mean, think about this. When you have a long line that you're standing in, checking out, if you're like me, what's the first thing that you do when you park your buggy at the back of the line? Reach in your pocket and pull your phone out. When you're sitting at the doctor's office waiting, first thing you do, pull your phone out. We have things that we are able to utilize to help us get by the time. But think about that. Moses can't scroll Twitter and read. Which is probably a good thing, right? But he's not able to look at social. I mean, he's, Moses is simply waiting for six days for the Lord to speak. Waiting. Probably anticipating what's God going to say. What's God going to do? Maybe even a moment for Moses to sit back and think about all that God has done in the past. 
Imagine the journey that Moses had been on up until this point in time, the things that Moses had witnessed God do in his life and in the life of his people. Imagine Moses being able to prepare his heart for the Lord to speak, waiting for six days in anticipation for hearing from the Lord. Now, I don't think it's by accident that we gather once a week to worship on Sunday And my prayer and my hope is that for six days, Monday through Saturday, we are waiting in anticipation to hear from the Lord as we gather together. But Moses waits. Imagine what those first couple of hours must have been like. Moses didn't have the memo from the Lord saying, hey, come up here and in six days you're going to wait and then I'm going to speak to you. So imagine Moses shows up and he's waiting and six minutes is going on and he's like, Lord, here I am. And then six hours goes by. He's like, maybe I got lost or the Lord got lost. And then day one and then day two and day three and four and five and six and Moses is waiting on the Lord to speak. Let me ask you this. Is your time so efficiently arranged that there's no moment where you wait for the Lord to speak through His Word to you? At this point in time, Moses is waiting for the Lord to speak. And for Moses, it's worth the wait. I want to encourage you if over the next week or so as you prepare your heart to head into 2022, why don't you take some time, whether it's six minutes or 60 minutes, and just sit and think about all that God has done in your life over the last year. Sit and think about all that the Lord has done waiting in anticipation, looking forward to what God is going to do in much the same way that Moses sat and waited on the Lord to speak, may we be willing to sit and wait on the Lord to speak. If we're not careful, our bent towards efficiency will rule out any opportunity for the Lord to speak in our lives because the Scripture reminds us that the Lord often speaks not on our timetable, but on His timetable. It's the reason the Scripture says to us, be still and know that He's God. Notice with me in verses 17 and 18, this third truth, if we're going to grow in Christ-likeness in 2022, we must combat the idol of hurry. Notice what happens in verse 17. The appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. Think about that. They are at the base of the mountain watching what's going on on the top of the mountain and it looks like from their vantage point that there is devouring fire that is on the top of the mountain and Moses is in there. In verse 18, Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. 
Moses couldn't be in a hurry. Too many times in our lives, we are in such a hurry running to and fro. We, we don't have time for the Lord to speak to our hearts because we're not willing to wait on Him. But Moses here, for 40 days and 40 nights, is hearing from the Lord. I think the great enemy of spiritual growth in most of our lives is hurry. We are so busy. We seek to be so efficient with our time. We are running to and fro, doing all other things when the Lord's desire for us is simply to press pause. Daily in our time with Him, weekly as we gather together corporately, to press pause in our lives and our hearts and to wait on Him to speak. I want to ask you, if you would, to bow your heads with me. and Our worship team will make their way back up. But with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I want to ask just a couple of questions as we reflect this morning on God's Word. Maybe you've come in today and for you, you have never taken the step of trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior. As we talk just a bit about what it means to hear from the Lord and what it means for God to make a covenant with His people, we're reminded in this Christmas season that there's a new covenant that's available for us through the blood of Jesus Christ, the baby born in a manger in Bethlehem, who is our Savior. And you may have come in today and you've never taken that step of trusting in Jesus Christ as your Savior. And we'd love nothing more than for you to take that step today. And just a little bit as we sing and as we prepare to celebrate the Lord's Supper together, I can think of no better time of you taking that step of trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior than right now. If that's a step that you need to take, we'd love to help you do that. And As we sing in just a moment, I'll be down front. I'd love to pray with you, encourage you after the service even. Be willing to talk with you. If you fill out a connection card, I'd love to follow up with you this week. Help you take that step of trusting Jesus as your Savior. But if you are a follower of Christ here this morning, you've taken that step. Maybe for you, you've been reminded this morning of the three idols that we talked about. You've seen how easy it is for them to occupy space in the throne room of your heart. Busyness, efficiency, hurry. You've just been reminded once again the need to wait daily to wait on the Lord to spend time with Him to desire to hear from Him through His Word to carve out moments of opportunity for the Lord to speak to us through others believers in our lives and then the opportunity each week to gather together to press pause in our schedules and our daily lives to worship the Lord together as a church family. 
Maybe for you, this is an opportunity at the start of 2022 to create that space of margin in your life for the Lord to speak. I want to encourage you to do that. Father, we ask you this morning to work in our hearts and our lives. If there's one that doesn't know you yet, doesn't have a relationship with you through your son Jesus Christ and his sacrificial death and resurrection, would you help them take that step today? Father, for the believers gathered here, so much of our lives is wrapped up in busyness and efficiency and hurry. Would you help us cultivate the discipline of learning to wait on you? To carving out the margin in our lives, the space for you to speak. For us to commune with you and with your people. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to invite you, if you would, to stand. We'll sing. And then in just a bit, we'll have a seat and celebrate the Lord's Supper together. But I'll be down front. If I can pray with you, I'd love to do that. If you want to spend some time praying before the Lord, you can do that as well. You respond as the Lord leads.